It's finally here. Training camp begins this week for the Denver Broncos at the UCL Training Center. I'm joined on today's episode by Patrick Keely of Predominantly Orange to talk about the Broncos placing three players on the physically unable to perform list, not to mention our final thoughts before Broncos camp happens. We break it down all in today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day. From the South Stands to the End Zone, I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, director of video content at Pro Football Network and Broncos analyst for the Locked On. NFL Network training camp is officially here, ladies and gentlemen. This is the moment that we've been waiting for for quite some time since the season ended. And now Broncos players are back on the practice field as things get dicey leading up to the first preseason game against the Minnesota Vikings in just two and a half weeks time. We are ready to go here, and I'm joined today to talk about training camp with my good friend Patrick Coyote. He contributes over there predominantly orange and Patrick, obviously a great friend of the show. Welcome on in, my friend. Training camp is officially here. Players are excited. I know we're excited. How you doing, my man? I'm very excited, man. It's it's starting to get that buzz again. Football is almost here. We're, we're counting down the days now, and it just seems like it's getting closer and closer every day. Training camp is going to be a lot of fun, a lot of battles to keep an eye on, a lot of uh, key players that are coming back. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And it's going to be great to have fans back as well. No, fans fans back on the berms here on Wednesday. I mean, Wednesday's practice is what everybody's eyeing. Now, the Broncos, they're, you know, they reported this past weekend, and you had quarterbacks and rookies. They actually had their first practice yesterday at the UC Health Training Center. And then on Tuesday, it's the media barbecue. Not too much going on, but players will report to the team facility on this day. No practice on Tuesday. And then Wednesday is when it officially begins the first official practice, fans in attendance, no autographs, but obviously distanced and well off there. So we have a lot of storylines to talk about and kind of setting things up for this weekend, Pat. Uh, the Broncos announced that they placed three players on the physically unable to perform list, and that is a saying Bassey, Duke Dawson, and Baron Browning, who had just signed his rookie contract. These are three players that will not be able to fully participate once training camp begins, but it also signifies some other good news for some other players that were maybe on the fringe a little bit. We'll talk about them then, but let's talk about these three players, Asang Bassey, Duke Dawson, Baron Browning. Now, obviously, Baron Browning, one of the Broncos' third-round draft selections in this year's 2021 NFL Draft, not able to perform so far. I wonder what his timeline is because we have no clear definition just yet. Hopefully, we'll get some more clarification from Vic Fangio this week. But he was working inside backer during rookie minicamp. He had the lower leg injury, the knee injury, and now he's not going to be able to perform to start training camp at least. Uh, and the weird thing is that his roster designation on the paper that I have that the Broncos sent me says that he's listed as outside linebacker. So what position is he going to play? That's going to be uh, the biggest question for me. Yeah, I think this is one of those situations where they're going to try and see how versatile they can make this guy. We know that he was able to rush off the edge quite a bit at Ohio State. They know that he can play the inside backer position. I think this is going to be one of those Justin Holland situations where they kind of test the waters and see where he fits best. But at the end of the day, you really want a guy who is – 
more useful at multiple positions, right? And and can do a little bit of everything. If you need a if you need a guy that can rush off the edge on on third downs and maybe give Bradley Chubb or Von Miller a break, hey, they have a lot of edge depth. But maybe you have a guy who's just better at it. Uh, maybe that maybe they can use him at inside backer in certain situations that they can't use Alexander Johnson or Josie Jewell. Maybe he can be more of a blitzing linebacker. But I really do think that this is one of those situations where they're just trying to test the waters and see how versatile they can make a guy. I really don't want to see it become one of those Justin Holland situations where they try to focus on one thing more than the other, and then they kind of lose that versatility because we did see Justin Hollins go off to LA and, and make a little bit of an impact as an edge rusher. Yeah. But I, I really want to see what Baron Browning can do. And I think a lot of us are excited to see what he can do, but it is really unfortunate that he's on the PUP list to start out training camp. Um, he's very quick. I mean, his reaction time watching him in inside linebacker drills was great. And we know that this is what Vic did with Justin Hollins. When the Broncos first drafted Hollins, they had moved him to inside linebacker. He worked with inside backers for training camp, learning that position. And he also played edge rusher for the Broncos after obviously Bradley Chubb's injury in the 2019 season. Now the Broncos, they're looking for that fourth edge rusher option behind Von Miller Bradley Chubb and Malik Reed. He could be that aspect there. Jonathan Cooper could also be that player. Derek Tuska. There's so many different questions that we have at edge rusher there, but that's one player. Now let's go to a saying Bassey and Duke Dawson. Obviously Duke Dawson had a complete uh, tear of almost every major ligament in his knee. It's expected. And I expected this to be the case for Duke to be on the PUP list. It protects his roster spot, but he's also gives him a little bit more time to get comfortable, not to rush back from an injury like this. A saying Bassey, we saw him do a little bit more throughout mandatory minicamp and he was working with the DBs doing the position drills, but obviously they're going to ease him in. I don't expect him to stay on the PUP list for too long, but they want to be very cautious with rushing a guy back, especially an undrafted rookie free agent that made the team last year. What are your quick thoughts on Dawson and Bassey, maybe for this upcoming season, considering the Broncos cornerback depth, which we're going to talk about a little bit later on the show. I think it's a big sign that the organization believes in these two guys, really. Duke Dawson was a, a guy that they traded a sec. They, they, you know, they traded a pick for him. He's a former second round pick, and they love his versatility. They love the fact that he can play safety. They love the fact that he can play cornerback. He's got good size. And Bassey is one of those guys who really stood out in camp last year. Stood out enough to earn that roster spot and be able to play meaningful minutes during the season. So I think that keeping them around, protecting that roster spot, that's a good sign. You know, you really hate to see these injuries in these guys that are so hopeful. And, and Dawson was really one of those guys, especially in the Patriots game last year. He stepped up big. He was a big part of that game. So you want to see that consistency from these guys. But having them, not having them on the field really does hurt that. But I, I love the fact that the organization is saying, hey, we really, we really like what these guys do and we want to keep them around. So we're going to you know, guide guide them along, protect their spot, and let them come out and compete when they're ready to. And while the Broncos place three players on the physically unable to perform list, it means some good news for some other players that were maybe on the fringe of being placed on the list. We're going to talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, ladies and gentlemen, I have to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode of the show. That's our good friends over there at Built Bar. And Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the market today, ladies and gentlemen. Built Bar has nine different flavors. They have a flavor for everybody, like Cherry Barcia. They have Cherry orange, salted caramel, double chocolate, mint chocolate, and they have limited time flavors like lemon almond cheesecake that you can get at Built.com. 
Not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bar on the market because the bars are covered in 100% chocolate, but they're also the healthiest protein bar out there for you as well. The macros contain 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. That's the best bang for your buck, ladies and gentlemen. And I want you to get your hands on a box of Built Bar today by going to Built.com. And when you go to checkout, use promo code LOCKED15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order. Once again, promo code LOCKED15 is going to get you 15% off your next order at Built. Now, previously, we were just talking about the Broncos physically unable to perform list with the three placements of Asang Bassey, Duke Dawson, and Baron Browning. Now, there are a couple of players that are on the fringe list a little bit coming into training camp, and I think that means good news for players like Bradley Chubb, who had a ankle surgery this offseason to remove one of those calcium buildups that he had, a, you know, one of those bone spurs. That's great there. Albert Okwebunam has been dealing with an ACL injury. Now, the cool thing is, last week, Patrick, Drew Locke, Eric Sauber, and Albert Okwebunam, they were holding together some throw sessions, and there was a local team here from the Grand Valley that was traveling to Denver to do some seven-on-seven, seven, competing in some summer uh, tournaments, and they were actually, they went to a field, and those three were throwing those three, Drew Locke, Albert Okwebenam, and Eric Sobert, they actually took time. They stopped their throw session to talk with the kids, to share some insight with them as they were finishing their on-field workout as well. So it was a really cool experience to be able to see that for a lot of these young kids. I know the coach who uh, coaches that team, he said that the kids, their eyes lit up in a big way. So obviously that's a big moment. Now all these players reporting to camp this week. So uh, Albert Okwebenam, though, he was telling me, uh, Coach Weber, I, you know, I coached with him, uh, coaching high school ball. He said, dude, he is huge. He's got massive hands. And he looks like a, a genetic freak. So the good news is we saw a little bit of Albert Okwebunam last season for the Broncos, Pat. Now kind of going into some of our storylines here, we talk about these players. What might Albert Okwebunam be able to add to this Broncos offense alongside Noel Fenn, who's obviously tight end one for the team this year? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that this is going to be a very important discussion, right? Because we've always kind of seen Noah Fant as not really being your traditional wide tight end. He's, he's not going to be that super impeded, you know, that guy that is in line blocking and, and that same mold as Travis Kelsey, right? He's definitely more of the spread the ball out, vertical passing game. And that's kind of the same thing with Albert O. He's not really going to be your in line blocking tight end. So the Broncos are still missing that after letting Nick Vanette go this past offseason. I think with Albert O, though, I, I really do think they want Noah Fant and Albert O to, to be those two guys to really help uh, whoever the quarterback is, whether it's Drew Locke <laughs> or Teddy Bridgewater, we don't even know. But I, I really do think that he's going to be that vertical passing threat. We have so many weapons on the offense. You have Sutton, Patrick, Judy, Hamler, and Noah Fant, that it's really easy for defenses to kind of get caught in this lull of who do you guard? And when you put a guy like Albert O on the field, who's very fast, very good size, uh, we need to see the hands improve a little bit. We knew that was an issue. This is, it really does give the Broncos an opportunity to have, and I know we, we've talked about this before, back when the Patriots were running that two tight end system and they had all these weapons, you had yeah. Bronk and the other guy who we won't mention, they were, it seemed like they were an unstoppable offense. And that's what happens when defenses have to focus so much on, on putting all their eggs into one basket that they forget that this other guy who is also a freak of nature exists. I think that Alberto has the opportunity to be a real red zone threat though. That's where he can thrive. He's got the size, the athleticism to, to get those jump balls. He's got the speed to come across the back of the end zone. 
this is a guy who has an opportunity to really stand out in the in the NFL as a red zone tight end threat. He maybe he won't get a ton of yards, but everything that we saw last season from him, it all oh, you want to see <laughs> that 17 games a season from this guy. It was really unfortunate what happened to him. That knee injury does suck, but it looks like he has bounced back so well. It looks like he's going to be ready to go. And I can't wait to see what they do with him in year two. Yeah, and I still think that the Broncos are probably going to ease him in. I mean, Vic Fangio told us last month that they're going to ease Albert in. They're going to ease Cortland Sutton back in. But those guys aren't on the PUP list, which is great news. And also another player, too, who didn't participate much in mandatory minicap because he's still recovering from the Liz Frank surgery, having the hardware removed from his foot, Mike Purcell. And, I, you know, Patrick, the question I have for you here, when we talk about Mike Purcell, when I look at him healthy, I look at Shelby Harris healthy last year, before those guys went down with injuries and COVID, the Broncos were actually ranked in the top 10 against the run. And a lot of that was due to Purcell on the interior, really maintaining inside those A and those B gaps. And then you had a guy like Shelby who was really commanding the C gaps. And then you had good inside linebacking, you know, run fits from Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell. I mean, the Broncos rushing defense last year when those guys were healthy was top notch. How do you think it may play out this upcoming season? I mean, what are your expectations for Purcell being where he's at coming off of this injury, specifically after being extended uh, just to a three-year contract extension before the injury even happened? Well, getting that contract is a, a big thing. You want to see the payoff from that contract, right? You, you give this guy this money. Let me see what you can do now. Mike Purcell is one of those great stories in the NFL. Guy bounced around a lot, went and played, I believe it was the uh, the AFL. It, not the, the AAF. The yeah, AAF. the AAF, yes, yep. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it, it, and this is a guy that really is a great story. He played his butt off for Vic Fangio. And I mean, it was a matter of weeks. He became one of the toughest nose tackles in the NFL. You want to see him continue that level of play. Everyone around him, this, this is the thing. When you have a three defensive man front, like the Broncos do with Shelby Harris, with Purcell in the middle, and then with, you know, Draymond Jones and a couple of the other guys that they've thrown in there. If your nose tackle is doing his job, it opens everything up for the other two defensive linemen. And we saw that so much. Purcell is a big dude who maintained his gaps the right way. And it allowed guys like Shelby Harris and Draymond Jones and the outside rushing to do their jobs. <clears throat> if Purcell doesn't come back from this injury fully, maybe you have to look elsewhere for some veteran leadership to come in. Jarrell Shamar Casey's, Steven there. Yep. Shamar Stevens is one of those guys. Jarrell Casey is another name that I've thrown out as, hey, maybe we can bring this guy back if Purcell isn't healthy come come the season. Maybe he's a guy that they can bring back on a, a team-friendly deal because we know that he's not a traditional nose, but we know that he can play that position. I, I think, though, him not being on the PUP list, I think that it's a good sign that he's yeah. going to be ready to go. I, I want to see him continue his level of play this isn't going to be a guy that's going to get, you know, five, six sacks in a season. This is going to be a guy whose main job is controlling those gaps to allow linebackers to come down and get their run fits to allow the other defensive linemen to penetrate the gaps better. So yeah. his job isn't, it's not sexy. You know, he, it's, he's not Aaron Donald, but he does his job so well that not having him in the lineup could cause problems and we did see what happened to the broncos before mike purcell got into that lineup we all remember that jaguars game oh that my. was 
it was a <laughs> rough watch. But the improvement after that, when Purcell came in, it was instant. Yeah, well, specifically against the Tennessee Titans as well, where the Broncos held Derrick Henry at only 15 yards rushing. I mean, that right there was an impressive feat in and of itself. But, you know, the thing with Purcell, and I'm glad that you mentioned it, he's not necessarily going to be that sexy nose tackle that is going to be just dominating guys off the line of scrimmage, getting in the backfield, and just causing havoc on quarterbacks. Now, not to say that Mike Purcell can't create penetration, can't create pressures against quarterbacks, but his job specifically when he's lined up as a one tech or a two eye is to command a double team from either that center and that guard, or maybe even a chip coming up from a back. And that's going to allow one-on-one on the outside for Bradley Chubb. It's going to allow one-on-one on the outside from Von Miller, or it's going to allow a blitzing linebacker to come free because if he commands an attention and he slants, one of those gaps is going to come open. So you're going to have opportunities to create pressure on the quarterback. And it really starts from having a guy who can solidify himself as that anchor on that defensive interior, specifically a nose tackle. Shamar Steven, obviously an addition that George Payton brought in this offseason. I imagine he's going to be the guy behind Mike Purcell. So I can't wait to see what goes on there. You mentioned Shelby Harris coming back. That's huge for the Broncos in and of itself. Draymond Jones having a chance now to be a starter. The question is, can he stay healthy? I feel like we can say that with a lot of players, unfortunately. Just the, <laughs> the nature of football is so brutal, Pat. You know this as well as I do from playing. You're never 100% after the second week of training camp. I mean, that's literally how everybody goes. The players had that conversation like, hey, we have to make sure we take care of our bodies. Luckily, hey, we know a guy. His name is uh, Mario Vitanzi. He's got that. So uh, that's one thing that I would kind of throw out there, Patrick, when we talk about the Broncos and the defense and all the rotations that they do have. But Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into a conversation about the final questions that we have heading into training camp. Myself, Patrick included, as the Broncos, they step foot onto the field tomorrow at the UCL Training Center. Not necessarily on the field, most of the walkthrough, but you have the rookies, the quarterbacks who have already been on the field. Wednesday's the first official practice. We're going to get that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, I have to tell you about the other sponsor of today's episode of the show. That's our good friends over there, betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. You get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including NFL, NHL, MLB, NBA, and all of your UFC and MMA action. You don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as the NFL season is fast approaching, with teams reporting for training camp this week. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and when you do, you can get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Jumping into the fourth quarter of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. I'm joined alongside my good friend, Patrick Coyote. You guys can follow him on Twitter, at Patrick Coyote. Contributes over there, predominantly orange, over there for the fan-sided network. And Pat, continuing on, let's get into our final thoughts before the real start of Broncos camp here. What are some questions that you have or that you're looking forward to most being answered this upcoming season? I'm going to start off with mine here. Uh, the one thing, too, because we saw it a few years ago, 2018, Case Keenum was lighting up the Broncos defense, wasn't throwing an interception, was looking perfect, and everybody was freaking out. We all know what happened that ensuing season. So I think you're going to see a lot of narratives. I want fans to exercise some caution here about maybe the narratives that get put out there throughout camp because some units are going to struggle. Some units are going to have a lot of success. And so I think sometimes we get overhyped on what's happening. If the offense is having so much success, everyone's freaking out. Oh, my God, you know, this is it. This is the year the offense is going to explode or the defense is just dominating. Right. And so all of a sudden it creates this doom and gloom scenario about one unit in comparison to the other. You really can't tell that based on practice going against your own team. However, I think that when the Broncos begin to practice with Minnesota beginning in the next two weeks, 
I think then you can start to look into things because you're not going against your own guys. You don't have anything to lose necessarily. You're not afraid to pop somebody a little bit extra hard in practice. Or So uh, my question, Pat, will the Broncos defense make it rough on the quarterback competition? That was sort of the theme throughout mandatory minicamp. Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, Pat Sertan, Michael Ajudi, all these players coming up with interceptions, and it created a little bit of a narrative already. Who threw the interception, right? We were watching the highlight tapes back that the Broncos posted out just to see which quarterbacks were standing on the sideline when an interception happened. My question is, how do you see this going out? I mean, do you think that the Broncos' defense will make things very difficult for the quarterback competition throughout training camp? Well, first and foremost, uh, guilty. Uh, I was one of those people that was, you know, I had my magnifying glass out and I was like, who, who is that standing on the sideline? I hope that they make it difficult on the quarterback situation. This defense on paper is easily one of the best that we've had in the last five, six years. I hope that they make this competition a living hell for Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> and even Brett Rippon. I love Brett Rippon, but I hope this defense makes it hell. This defense has a lot of guys, a lot of veterans, it, a great mix of veterans and a great mix of young guys, but they have to keep this attitude. This cannot be a team that has finished, you know, top 10, top 15 in defensive categories and finished bottom in the offensive categories, you gotta have, you gotta maintain that dog attitude. And the additions of Kyle Fuller, the additions of Pat Sertan, keeping Kareem Jackson, keeping Justin Simmons long term, these are moves that are that are setting up one of the best Broncos defensive units that we have seen, maybe in the history of this organization. So they better make it hard. If if Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater go out there and they're just dropping dimes. On this defense, I'm going to be worried. I'm going to generally be worried. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They should not. No, no quarterback. No quarterback should be dropping dimes on this secondary at all. So not even from our own team. I I wish Drew and Teddy and Brett all the success in the world. But against our defense, not a chance. Let me ask you this question, too, because I've had some discussion with some Broncos fans on Twitter. And respectfully, look, I I see their point of view, but I respectfully disagree. Somebody had told me if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. I when did that become a thing, Pat? Because the reality is, I mean, every team, unless you have a real legitimate solidified starter, you're always going to have competition. And that's where the Broncos are. They don't have a solidified starter right now. That doesn't mean that they don't have any quarterbacks that could potentially be that starter. I mean, that's the hope with Drew Locke. The Broncos organization is hoping that Drew Locke can be the guy. And you know what? It may take competition for him to maybe get there. And I think going against a defense as talented as the what the Broncos have on paper, I mean, if Drew can rise up to that, that's going to make him better. And I think ultimately in the long run, that's what you want as an organization. Now, of course, the Broncos, they're keeping their eyes open for some other options out there. Specifically, they're monitoring the Aaron Rodgers situation day by day as the situation becomes a little bit more fluid. This is going to be a huge week for that, by the way. Talking about training camp and whether he reports. But the Broncos, they have their eye on that situation, but they're also focused on the two guys that they do have, and that's Teddy and that's Drew. So for me, I, I don't see necessarily how if the Broncos have two quarterbacks competing, they have none. 
doesn't make sense to me, but I respect people's opinion on that. And so uh, what, what is your training camp question that you have that you're looking forward to being answered the most throughout, you know, the next couple of months leading into the NFL regular season? Well, you know, one of the biggest things that I'm looking at specifically going back to this defensive unit, uh, the starters are great, but the biggest thing that the defense has had issues with over the specifically over the last couple of years is issues with depth. Getting late later into the season, injuries happen. Yeah. It's the NFL. Who is behind the starters that is capable of maintaining that high level of play? Mm-hmm. In the defensive backfield, we haven't seen very good depth over the last couple of years. The last season, we dealt with a lot of cornerback injuries. Um, it, it just wasn't great. We, you know, we were relying on Parnell Motley, who I, I love Parnell Motley, but this is an undrafted free agent who bounced around from a couple of teams, and now he's being thrust into a starting role, <laughs> specifically at safety. Yeah, You have Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, those are your starters. Who's behind them? Well, Trey Marshall, who's been around the team for a few years, and we have P.J. Locke, who you recently had on the show. Yeah, And then the team went out and they did something that they haven't done since 2016. They drafted two safeties, not just drafting two safeties, but drafting two safeties back-to-back, Caden Stearns and Jamar Johnson. Are those guys going to really push Trey Marshall and P.J. Locke and provide quality backup to Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson? That's my biggest question. Are they going to be able to step up in big situations? Is Trey Marshall going to be able to be that veteran backup safety is pj Locke finally going to break through and be that guy that's the biggest question for me is can we have good depth in the secondary this season because in the long run of things george payton went out and he did a great job at providing cornerback depth ronald uh, darby is going to be a good backup corner or rotation corner pat sertan is going to be a starting cornerback soon very yeah. soon and we sooner rather Bryce than later Cal- Right. We still have Bryce Callahan. We still have Michael Ojemudia. He drafted Kerry Vincent Jr., who's probably going to be a special teamer. Still have a Sang Bassey. Still have Duke Dawson. Cornerback, I'm not so worried about. Safety is a big position in this defense, though. Yeah. Are those Huge. guys going are those guys going to be able to provide quality backup? That's my biggest question going into the season. You know, I I don't know if Jamar Johnson or even Caden Stearns will be able to do that this year, right? Because I think that what Vic wants them to do, that he wants them to learn, but obviously they have to play special teams. These players are going to play a lot on the special teams side of the ball. Now, unlike the Las Vegas Raiders, the Broncos didn't draft four safeties in a row like they did, which is, you know, a funny little jab that we'll throw out, obviously, in the regular season with your boy Q locked on Raiders. But uh, the main thing is, is I think that P.J. Locke and Trey Marshall, those will probably be the two guys really competing. I, uh, who knows how many they're going to play. Now, I had a chance to ask Vic Fangio a question last month in a media scrum about the safety depth. I talked about Trey Marshall. I brought up P.J. Locke, and he said that he really likes those players and that you don't have to – you're not limited to just keeping two guys behind the starters. You could keep three to four other guys behind the starters, depending on whether or not they can play special teams, whether or not they can play value as maybe as a guy that can play inside the box or even in the back end of the safety you know, depth field there. What Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson do, they do a lot. So they, they play against the run. They play against the pass really well. So it's about, I think, molding these guys into those roles. Kareem's back on a one-year deal. Not sure if the Broncos will look at bringing them back long-term after this upcoming season, but – they do have those young guys there. Now, P.J. Locke is in a position. Trey Marshall's in a position. They've already got – they've already have roles carved out for them as key contributors on special teams. So, I think that these players – I think that Trey Marshall, I think P.J. Locke, I think they're safe in that regard there. 
But the competition part about getting into the safety rotation, playing in the dime of the nickel, those are going to be huge questions, Patrick. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And Broncos country, whatever final questions you have related to the Broncos that you're looking forward to being answered throughout training camp in the preseason, let us know in the YouTube comment section down below. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button for daily exclusive video content news and coverage of the Denver Broncos all year long, courtesy of the Lockdown Broncos podcast. You're going to get Patrick Chioti. You're going to get various other guests on throughout this season as we break down the Broncos season in depth, ladies and gentlemen. But that will conclude for today's episode Lockdown Broncos. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow. The Broncos, they're going to report to the team facility. They're going to go through everything before they go through Wednesday's official practice at the UCL Training Center. We're going to have complete recap and coverage here on the show all week long. Lockdown Broncos. I'm Cody Work. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.